0: This is In The Zone, He'll Kill.
1: Now, I don't know who's out there that follows Jim Everett, all right? Now, look, <laughs> some of the he be posting, I see in my timeline, it had me just straight scratching my head. Scratch, it, scratch, scratching my head. Now, look, I know he got dinged a few times. Uh, and, and I know he did the thing with Jim Rome and whatnot.
2: Jim, good to have you on the show. Good to be here, Jim. Thank you.
1: Check that, Chris Everett.
2: Good to have you on the show. You know what? You know you've been calling me that for about the last five years. Now two years actually, Chris. Well,
1: all right. Uh, but but I think you should just kind of just overlook him. Hey, you know what? Let me
2: let me say one thing. In that game, how many sacks did I have that we came back and won?
1: You know what I'm saying? So about Jim Everett
0: he kill, kill on the In the Zone
1: Network. This is In the Zone.
2: Uh, because it takes all of us, right? And again, they're doing a lot of great stuff. They yeah, some of them make bonehead mistakes, but <laughs> also when you do good, you deserve to get applauded. So that's why I started my Juiz Award and I love awarding someone or organization each and every week.
1: Right on, Kelsey. I appreciate you doing things like that. Hey, you know, and leading the way.
2: I love it. Thank you so much, and well, thanks for having me. And props to you all too for just a wonderful platform. I love coming on this show, and I hope St. Louis knows what they got in you.
0: On the In The Zone Network. (laughs) NTZ. In The Zone. City to city. State to state. Worldwide. This is the In The Zone Network. This is
1: Um, city to city, state to state, worldwide. You listen to the Inner the Zone Network. Palmer Alexander, aka the Living Legend K.I.L. When Ellen kill, but kill still kill. Joining me in studio is our NBA residential resident COVID nineteen Josh. Brother, it's good to see you. Congratulations oh, yes, on sir. the baby.
0: Yes, sir. Appreciate you, sir.
1: You know, it's been a lot of stuff going on. A lot of things shaking and banking. I want to make sure that we got this Inner Zone segment in talking some NBA. And I know uh, that you know the playoffs. The, the, well, I'm, I'm getting I'm getting ahead of myself already, but they're going to be resuming play real soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm I'm just going. I'm get, I have to get over it. You know, because right. I'm already I'm I'm always thinking about the players and their safety, and I'm just thinking about you know testing because if you're going to be playing. Uh, games and there's still there's no vaccine and you're looking 12 to 18 months before you get a vaccine and my thing is that I don't want to see uh, star players get it right and I had a, I did an interview earlier with uh Lawrence Spearman you know the bounce back advocate and we talked about that that thing uh about you know the testing and, and corona stuff like that and if if you see one percent of the population have it but 70% of the population is black and uh, the NBA has a lot of black oh yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> predominantly as they say <laughs> you, know, you know so so you know naturally you know I'm just gonna be concerned so yep. I'm not gonna be the uh, the wet blanket I'm just gonna uh, accept it uh, I'm gonna stop kicking and screaming about it so the NBA' is coming back uh, I know you're excited about oh, that. No. So I mean what are the thing what, what what is um what's what's the most interesting thing or what do you think is gonna be the most uh interesting story coming out of this season uh, once it begins. Once it begins rather part. So if we
0: I guess kind of rewind back to March, right before the league shut down, the league shut down March eleventh. That weekend before, we were coming off of a Lakers versus Bucks game on a Friday night and a Lakers-Clippers game next Sunday. And the overwhelming thought coming out of that weekend was that, one, LeBron James looks like an MVP again. Two, we might have just seen a finals preview in which the Lakers won. Um, And and we knew, as we kind of assumed coming into the season, that the West was going to have to go through LA, whether it's the Lakers or the Clippers. I don't think any of those things have changed. The one thing that I do think people are underestimating or probably not thinking of yet is the fact that home court advantage is now gone. Mm -hmm. And that's going to make a difference, not necessarily for like your 1-8 matchup or, you know, whoever the Clippers get in the first round. But for a series like, you know, let's say you get an Oklahoma City and Houston in the first round. Not quite as daunting of a task for OKC, even though they might not be as talented as Houston. But then you also got to think about Houston. They not playing with as much pressure, having to go on the road and win games and do the things that they need to do after having made the decision to just completely forget about bigs and go completely small, right? Same thing in the East. If you get a series between Toronto and Boston, Boston – And we can fact check this, as I like to say on the price check a lot of times. Um, Boston probably would do a lot better at home than they would on the road in Toronto, right? That aspect of things is now gone, not having fans, you know, being in Orlando, everybody playing in the same place. So it's really going to come down more to who's the best team, who has the most talented players, and who's going to make the clutch plays when they count because now all of the other
1: outside factors are gone. Were you satisfied when they decided to run with 22 teams instead of just 16? Or, or do you think they got it right with how many teams they're going to be started with? I think, they, I think they missed, but not by a lot. So
0: we talked about it. Initially, my thought was just go straight to 16. Looking at the standards, though, in the West, you have, you know, Portland who employs Damian Lillard, who's I believe one of like the top five highest paid guys in the league. You've got Zion Williamson for the Pelicans, who number one overall pick, one of the most hype players we've ever seen coming to the NBA. you got, Quiet as kept, Sacramento, who started the season terribly and started to turn it on the second half of the season, who were right there, you know, in the mix. you got the Spurs who are trying to keep a, I believe, 22-year playoff streak alive. So, I understand the need to try to get these extra teams involved, especially if you're going to try to play extra regular season games. But... Personally, I feel like if the safety of the players and trying to get as many games in the shortest period of time is the biggest goal, you should keep it at sixteen.
1: That is the voice of Josh Price. He hosts the Price Check on the Real In The Zone Network as we go on city to city, state to state. So, Josh, uh, what teams do you think will benefit the most uh, coming into this tournament type of play. And, you know, you talked a little bit, a little bit about Oklahoma, OKC and Houston, and I kind of see that's a series that, I mean, that I could see OKC actually beating Houston. Uh, even even before, I think, uh, things kind of were, came to a halt because of COVID-19, right. it just seemed like that Houston uh, team would just – I wouldn't. even I want to say in disarray, but I just think that the the uh, the chemistry of that team, and I think uh, the head coach uh, Mike D'Antoni, maybe his message is getting stale. I just don't see them making any kind of wave whatsoever.
0: No. So Houston, they had started to kind of not necessarily hit rock bottom, but they started to hit a little bit of a landslide coming down. Probably that last couple weeks or so. Um, You know, before everything got shut down. So they, as of right now, I think are like the 6th seed, which, you know, by the time they actually start the playoffs, they could be 7th and have to deal with a Los Angeles Clippers in the first round. If, If that's the case, I could make the argument that there is more likely for us to see a sweep for the Clippers than it is for us to see a Houston you know, winning that season. So I think Houston, they were already in trouble. OKC is a team that I like regardless. Um, I think one team that probably got helped a lot by the layoff, uh, especially in the East, is a team like Philly. Nobody thought that Philly was playing exceptionally well, but at the same time, you know, you get Al Horford some rest, you get Joel Embiid some rest, uh, you know, you get Ben Simmons some time to rest and, you know, kind of get back to 100% from many of the injuries he was potentially dealing with. Um, so that's a team that, while they, they may not go super deep, but will definitely be helped by the time off. Um, and, of course, you know, the top seeds, like I said, the two L.A. teams, Milwaukee, those teams are always going to be helped by any additional time that they, you know, get to rest. Uh, Portland is another team that I think having the opportunity to play in and being able to get a Yusuf Nurkic back, being able to potentially get a Zach Collins back. um, That might be the difference between them being on the outside looking in and them being the AC when it's all said
1: Now, what was your, how did you feel about Dave Lillard? I know he he spoke out rather forcefully about, 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 playing, you know, on these circumstances. I know he took a lot of flack about that. Uh, what, what was your take on that?
0: Well, so, I, I mean, I understood where Dane was coming from because at the end of the day, you know, look at the Warriors situation this year, right? They're not coming back into this 22-team format, but they also said before, you know, this got decided that they were already operating in offseason mode and they, you know, still have Steph Curry on their team. So, you know, when you feel like your season is over, you're going to react as such. Dame didn't feel like his season was over. He wanted to still play, but he only wanted to go out there and play meaningful games. He didn't want to just be, you know, an exhibition game for a team that was going to the playoffs. He wanted that same opportunity. Um, and now he has and I think they actually do have a good chance to make it in.
1: You know, with, with their makeup, and you just talked about uh, uh, one, of, one of the biggest guys that, that they needed, uh, Yurt. Yeah. Um, and you, you still got Carmelo. And I thought Carmelo was, was playing – some some really good basketball, uh, you know, and, and you know with the addition, you know they had Whiteside. Now I, I like Miles Simon. Uh, they they got some young pieces. I know they're not ready to make that that leap, but you do see some promise there. And you know I still keep hearing people talk about maybe it's time to break that backcourt up with uh, Lillard and uh, and McCollum. But you know something, you're not going to get two better guards, and I don't think McCollum. Uh, would would get you that much, you know, by himself. Right. If you would get anything of value what they're paying, he would have to be in a package deal. And I don't see Portland, just off the top of my head, even thinking of packaging McCollum and anybody else in the deal.
0: No, so the problem that Portland would have is you can't trade dane Like that. It, it just is what it is. It's your franchise player, he can't go anywhere. You're not going to get enough for CJ to make it worth your while but you're also not really in a position with CJ as your second best player to do the damage that you need to do so it's a little bit of a catch-22 for them because they can't turn CJ into the the second star that they really need because you know let's say throwing this out there obviously I'm not reporting nothing I'm not (laughs) you know I'm only speaking on a hypothetical but let's say James Harden was available what what do you have to package with C.J. McCollum to get James Harden? I don't think Houston would bite for that. No. So, you know, unless you're getting somebody along that level, it's not worth it to give up C.J. So you got to kind of ride it out and keep messing around with the parts around them, and that's one thing that I will give a guy like Damian Lillard and a guy like C.J. McCollum credit for. They also don't look to go on to the next best situation or try to find what the next best situation is. They want to make it work there.
1: Yeah, and you know what – To me, quiet is kept. They got one of the best backcourts in the NBA. Yeah, they really do. Yeah, and and I don't. I can't remember the last time you saw a better backcourt. I mean, you know, now I thought John Wall and and Bradley bill definitely should be up there. But again, John Wall with just his well, the injury for starters. But again, you know, the perimeter shooting. I think that's that's a big thing. And with both of those guys, McCollum and Lillard, you know for sure that if their shot's not falling, they can get to the rim and make it happen.
0: Exactly. They're going to do other things and be creative and also try to make plays for other people on the court. So uh, definitely, I I say... I mean, it's kind of hard topping them as, as the second best. Obviously, Clay and Steph, when they're healthy, you know, are, are probably riding out on anybody in the league right now. Oh, yeah, but, no
1: doubt. no but, doubt.
0: but at the same time, outside of those two guys, you can't really get much better than, than Dame
1: and uh, That is the voice of Josh Price. He hosts the Price Check on the real In The Zone Network. We're going city to city, state to state. I want to go back to the Eastern Conference. You brought up something about uh, the 76ers and, and – and, I'm still hearing things about uh, Ben Simmons and the, uh, the and about him moving forward. Uh, do you find Ben Simmons still to be some sort of a liability? Can Ben Simmons and Embiid coexist together? Uh, because those questions that haven't been answered before COVID-19, those questions are still there. Yeah, so it – I
0: guess it's it's a little tricky for me because I feel that Ben and Joel can play together. I don't think Brett Brown is the one that is the one that should be coaching. So
1: uh, so you think you think that might be you may it may be coaching. I think before you
0: take the time to explore your options and splitting them up, you have to give them a new voice to listen to first. Um, and, and Let's not shortchange Brett Brown. At the end of the day, what he's had to do in terms of taking a team that was tanking and you no, know, kind of flip the mindset for them into trying to be a championship-level team—that's uh, not easy to do. But at the end of the day, we've seen time and time again, you know, whether it's mismanaging lineups, whether it's not necessarily, you know, pulling the right strings in the right moments late in games. I just think that they should. Try to see if changing that piece first is going to benefit them versus trying to see what you can get for being or what you can get for joining.
1: Now, with uh, with 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 that being the case, does the Milwaukee Bucks? Do you see them um, uh, being affected by you know by this this topic? Because you know, I was expecting to see them in the finals. Uh, a lot of people were. Uh, Sometimes when you have, um, you know, stoppages of play or or, or whatnot, work stoppages, um, it's kind of hard to get restarted and getting back rolling again. And I'm, I'm wondering, would this have any kind of effect on the Milwaukee Bucks? I don't think so, and only because you know,
0: with the way that they have the format set up. Okay, everybody's going to play eight regular season games. They'll have that time to kind of, you know, get back into mid-season form, you know, so to speak. Um, but then they also get the benefit of playing like a Brooklyn or Orlando in the first round of playoffs where you're not really questioning whether they can beat those teams. It's just about how quickly they can get the job done. Now, where things might get tricky, let's say they have to see a Miami in round two. Um, I'll be interested to see how that series plays out without the effect of home court. Uh, because Miami was one of the few teams that actually went to Milwaukee this year and won a game. Um, and they got, you know, Bam, who can actually run around and guard Giannis but also be the same type of, you know, body to combat him at the rim. So things like that will, will you know, kind of be interesting to see. But I think they have to be the favorite. Um, I think people are still sleeping on Toronto a little bit in, in terms of, their ability to potentially get back to the finals, but I do think Milwaukee's a favorite right now.
1: That is the voice of Josh Price. He hosts the Price Check on the Real in the Zone Network. And listen, I'm, I'm glad to one hear you, hear you, and see you in studio. Yes, uh, I Checked out your most recent show, loved it. Um, you know, I love the work that you do. Appreciate the work that you do at the network. Uh, I did want to get your take on the last dance. Um, Oof. Now let me tell you something. Uh, I did a I did a monologue and I talked about Skip Bayless. Uh, <laughs> I talked about Skip. I told Skip to shut up, and I still mean it. Yep. And uh, you know what? What irritated me more than anything It's just that. Just listen to a grown man, Fawn. Over another grown man. It was absolutely disgusting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it was, it was, it was the most disgusting uh, piece of television that I watched in regards to sports. Uh, I know Skip can be an irritant, and that's yeah. why I said he must have done something right because I was talking about. It, so I had to give him a little bit of credit right there. But here's the thing that, like, everybody's not gonna be Michael Jordan, right? Right. You, you're, you're. Everybody's not going to be Kobe. Everybody's right. not going to be LeBron. But the thing is, is that every player that made it to the finals, they didn't make it because they was a Rudy food candy ass. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, a guy like Clyde Drexler, all right, playing in the Western Conference, And could you imagine how many finals that he would have went to if he didn't have to see uh, Gary Payton and and Sean Kemp or the MVP uh, Charles Barkley or a guy named Magic Johnson? Could you imagine how many more times he would have probably won a title or if he didn't have to, you know, run to the bad boys after they beat up the Lakers? Yeah,
0: and so I was actually going to get to that because it was a very interesting point that you made in that monologue that people forget. Clyde Dressler went to three straight NBA finals, or um, yeah, yeah,
1: two two out of uh, he could have went the three, but he went to two. So out of he three loses, he loses
0: to the bad, the bad boys. boys. He then, I guess, what misses or loses to it, the Lakers in the playoffs. Yeah, the
1: Western Conference Finals, and then
0: goes and loses to Michael Jordan. Like you can't have much worse luck than that. Like <laughs> you, you have what arguably the greatest player of all time. You have one of the most dominant defensive teams of all time. And you have one of the, you know, top five, top ten greatest players of all time, arguably the greatest point guard of all time that you have to see. And you know, it don't go your way, but at the end of the day, he also went and got him a ring in Houston. How, however you want to talk about that ring, however you want to feel about it, okay, he still got one.
1: And when I when I looked at that that Houston team, remember they beat Shaq and Penny and Horace Grant. Yes. And that Houston team came into the playoffs as a number six seed. So when I looked at the history, I think there's only they are the only sixth seed to ever win an NBA title. Yeah,
0: so that's the thing that also gets lost about Houston. They weren't like just dominating the West when they won those two titles. I believe they were the sixth seed the year that they beat the Magic and they might have been like the third or fourth seed the year that they beat the Knicks. So it's not like they were, you know, head and shoulders above everybody else in the conference. They just had a player in a team that was going to get the job done when it mattered,
1: and you know. So speaking of a and where I, I love these debates uh, when you talk about whether the Bulls would have beaten the Houston Rockets, and I'm still going to stay on the Houston Rockets would have beat them because just in you know in that, in that window, Hakeem was just playing out of his mind, yeah. and it's one thing to say okay. I let Hakeem get his, I let Michael get his. But you're talking about a seven footer that can do whatever he wants when he wants. So I don't I don't think Hakeem would have probably averaged twenty seven a game like he did in the regular season. I think he would have probably averaged in the mid thirties, uh, you know, against a bull interior, uh bull interior, because they had nobody that could match him at all.
0: Right, and so You know, you look back at 94 and 95 before, you know, while Mike is on his, you know, baseball hiatus, you know, the one thing that you have to remember about those teams is they didn't have that inside presence. They didn't have a, you know, Dennis Rodman yet. Horace Grant left to go to Orlando. Now, maybe if Mike stays, Horace may stay. But then again, judging by the inside sports cover, Horace probably shakes still. So, um... I don't think they'd have had the inside presence to beat him. Now, if you give both of those years, 94 or 95, let's say they play the Bulls twice, I can see that being a split. I don't necessarily know that Houston wins both times, but at the same time, I'm I'm definitely not a believer that Mike just goes through and, and watches the slate clean, you know, for eight straight finals.
1: I, I think I think Houston gets them twice. I think they get them both years. That's it. Okay. Because once the Bulls added Harper and Rodman, I mean, that was really a wash. Yeah. And Houston was so deep uh, and as far as with with height, rebounding, and shooting. Now, I, and I had to go to the site. So, outside of Hakeem Olajuwon, which, which he's going to get his, and you talk about the matchup. So, okay, what do you do about Scottie Pippen? Okay, who is Scottie Pippen's going to match up with? But Houston had the three-guard attack. They had Maxwell, Kenny Smith. And um, it was Mario Allen. No, 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 Sam Cassell. So Sam Cassell was coming off the bench, giving you the business. What answer do you have for that? It wasn't B.J. Armstrong. (laughs) (laughs) No, sir. It was not B.J. Um, Yeah, like, that's the thing.
0: So Chicago, you know, they had Mike, they had Scotty. you know, had Horace Grant. But outside of that, they had a lot of guys that just had to kind of fit in. And against a team that was as deep as Houston was at the time, those guys would have had to do a lot more than what I think they were capable of.
1: And and, and the other thing, too, is that Robert Ori at that time, when he Big was playing with Bob. the Rockets, he was actually – more of a playmaker. He was putting the ball on the floor, beating guys off the dribble. So, you think Luke Longley is going to run out there, Bill Winnington, Cliff Lamestine, and those guys going to run out there and guard him? Oh, no. Are you serious? Not at all. So, so, so again, I, again, I got to give the advantage to the Rockets. I mean, Carlos Herrera is another guy, 6'9", 6'10". All you need that guy to do was rebound. They had another guy, 7-footer, Dan Tabit, All you need the guy to do is rebound. Pete Chilcutt, 6'10", 6'11". All the guy did was rebound. They had another gunslinger, Tracy Murray, that used to play with the Raptors, played at UCLA, 6'7", 6'8", gunslinger. So they had shooting. They had height. They had
0: depth. Yeah. They beat the Bulls. Yeah, they could they could spread them out. They could obviously make Mike work on the offensive end. They could throw different bodies at him. Obviously, Mike's still going to get his to an extent. But you, yeah. it's all about making them work. Yeah. Um, now, the question that I have for you while we're on the topic of this, do you think Michael Jordan gets a ring in the lockout season of '99 if he comes back?
1: No, and he would have had some problems dealing with that Knicks team. He would have had some problems with that uh, Pacers team, and the Spurs were the real deal. And I used to, I used to kind of not give the Spurs the credit or want to give them credit. But they were pretty damn good. Oh, yeah. They were pretty damn good. And I was actually kind of rooting for the Knicks in that series against the Spurs. And I, I had to. Have you ever had a team that just win you over? Like, ah, you, yes. you, you don't like them, but like, they're good. Yeah. They're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what it was. I mean, that's what. I mean, Tim Duncan, and, I mean, and, and of course, Tony Parkin begrudgingly liking Ginobili because. No, I'm like he's so damn stubborn. Like force him to his right. You yeah. can't force that dude. to. Oh no, there was no forcing him to the
0: right. He was doing Euro steps before they called it a Euro step. My man had the cul-de-sac yeah. going, making it making it look cool. Manu was different, man. Manu was different. Man.
1: Uh, oh man, hey, I, I love Ginobili. Love that squad. I was uh, I was happy, uh, especially for guys like Jerome Kersey that was on that uh, Trailblazer squad that yep. didn't get a ring. Happy for him. Real Purdue got him another ring with that squad. Uh, extremely happy for uh, another guy, uh, Malik Rose, getting him a ring. Really liked watching him play. They had some good guys in that squad. Uh, Jaron Jackson, remember him knocking down a whole bunch of threes from downtown? Yes, Mario Ellie, you know. Pops br- br- up again. Yeah, Pops up again. And so that was a great team, man. Love watching them play. The Glad Avery Johnson got himself a ring. Just a good team to watch didn't see it coming no. and, I, and, and never saw that coming and that's, I think that's the thing with the Spurs you never saw their
0: rings coming <laughs> never never uh, The only, I think the only Spurs ring that I feel like was kind of not just a dead giveaway but we kind of expected it was 2007 yeah um, And sorry LeBron fans I don't mean to do that <laughs> I really don't mean to do that too, because what people forget is you know what LeBron had to do to get to the, the finals in 2007 is pretty remarkable as it was. So it was kind of unrealistic for him to be expected to beat the Spurs in that series. Uh, Tony Parker was on a different level by that point. Tim Duncan was obviously fully in his prime by that point. Uh, you know, that, that was the one time where I kind of felt like this was a big giveaway. All of the other ones, man, they kind of went out and snatched on. So you do got to give them credit for it.
1: All right, Josh, thank you so much, man, for joining us, man. Ran a little bit long now. that one too bad, but I miss you, brother. Glad to oh, see you no, back man. in the studio. Hey, it's
0: beautiful. beautiful to be here, man. Again, as I always say. Major, major thanks to y'all, because, I mean, without y'all, I have no platform, man. So, y'all gave me the opportunity to make my voice heard and talk about, you know, the NBA, which I'm passionate about. And I'm definitely ready to get this thing, you know, ramped back up once the NBA comes back on July 31st. All
1: right, man. Well, we'll be waiting for you, waiting on you, man. Everybody, make sure you give my man a follow. That's Josh Price, host of The Price Check on the real In The Zone Network. We're going city to city, state to state, worldwide. You're listening to In The Zone, and this is The Network.
0: This is in the zone.
1: Hey, uh, Brand. Yeah. <laughs> I I did want to ask you one thing. Are you nicey?
2: listen listen let me tell you something this hair ain't big and curly today for no reason okay you know sometimes i like to switch it up change it up you know and you know what they say if she get ready if she put her hair in a bun you know what's about to happen
0: on the in the zone network this is in the zone
2: uh, because it takes all of us, right? And again, they're doing a lot of great stuff. Yes, yeah, some of going to make bonehead mistakes, but also <laughs> when you do good, you deserve to get applauded. So that's why I started my Tuesday Award, and I love awarding someone or organization each and every week.
1: Right on, Kelsey. I appreciate you doing things like that. Hey, you know, in leading the way.
2: I love it. Thank you so much, and well, thanks for having me, and props to you all, too, for just a wonderful platform. I love coming on this show, and I hope St. Louis knows what they got in you.
0: On the In The Zone Network.